0: Are you tired of being sheep? Well, so is he. Get a friend, get informed, and get involved. It's We Are Not Cattle Radio.
1: Well, good evening and welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I'm your host, Jake Counts, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, podcast number nine. For those of you listening and following along, yesterday was a lot of fun. I got to guest host on the Adam vs. the Man podcast, which is um, something I listen to on a day-to-day basis. And I suggest that you guys do as well. Uh, my friend Daryl Young, who's going to be joining me on the podcast here in a minute, was actually a guest hosted and asked me to come on as a guest, so we had a lot of stuff to talk about obviously touched on the n s a spying touched on the um on the actual use of drones on American citizens, which now they're going public about, which you know we've known this for quite some time, but now it's just you know mainstream news, and they're starting to let the sheep actually know what's going on in the real world. So that being said, we have a ton of stuff to cover today. I've got a, tons of news articles, a lot of clips here that I wanted to get to. And um, in essence, it's going to cover the waterfront. I mean anything from the NSA scandal keep getting bigger and bigger to the journalist that was um, had a suspicious death to say the least, and then everybody calls people that think outside the box conspiracy theorists, but hey, that's just the way it goes, sometimes you can't just buy the official narrative and especially when the police and other quote unquote authorities come out almost instantly and say no foul play suspected that typically will raise some red flags. So we're going to be getting into that getting into um uh what a basically what happened over in Ireland after the G8 after Obama, or actually, I think it was during Obama's visit to the G8, and uh, what happened in their version of a um, parliament was actually pretty um, pretty cool. You had somebody actually stand up and 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 pretty much bash the the Irish, you know, figureheads for you know praising Obama and bashing the media for giving him all this fanfare. Where she says that he's a war criminal, just outstanding stuff from people that are really starting to push back against the system no matter if it's down in Brazil, whether it's over in Turkey but um, I think eventually we're going to get the American public to, to get frustrated as well so we've been, hey guys, we've been here you know, the the few of us that have been speaking out over this stuff for the last couple of years, we're waiting on you I mean it's coming, hopefully it's coming soon and all this stuff that's come out about the stock market and with uh, Bernanke announcing that he might end the QE infinity, which um, which I saw a post towards um, – I think it was a tweet towards Radowski today saying that um, – well, basically Bernanke says that if he doesn't quit printing money, then he's going to destroy the world economy, which is – in essence, true, but it's a double-edged sword. If you if you don't quit printing money, you're just creating a bigger and bigger bubble. And if you quit printing money, then you have a collapse. So, we're going to be getting into that today as well. So we do have a ton of stuff to cover. I'm waiting for a couple of guys to call in. I've got um, I think I got Robert from the journalistic revolution popping in um here in a minute as well. And I also, like I said, I have Daryl Young, uh, coming in for us. So it's going to be um a jam-packed show. You know, just tons of stuff to get to. So let me go ahead and dive into the the main article that I wanted to get into today. And this was from The Guardian, from uh, Glenn Greenwald, obviously, and on security and liberty, the NSA files. So the headline reads, and this is from The Guardian, uh, it reads, Top secret rules that allow NSA to use uh, U.S. data without a warrant. And in essence, what happens is it goes through – I'll just pick out some of the highlights of the article, but it goes through that they have basically the FISA court, which we all knew was just like a rubber stamp court. There wasn't anything really going on in that front. And the fact that you could just basically request anything that you want and your request gets granted. And they talk about how in the article that the requests aren't really lengthy and they're not really descriptive. It's just like a one paragraph. Hey, we want to target this person, blah, blah, blah. And so What they get into are the semantics revolving um, the government spying and how it actually comes to fruition. And what they're saying here in the article is that even if you're an American citizen, not necessarily are you having your phone calls recorded and spied upon, but if you're making contact with people overseas and they get a a FISA warrant to to, um, start investigating, even if they – deem that you're an American citizen, they will still keep those records for up to five years. So the records are being kept and they're being held on in in a database that they can go back to and, and revisit from time to time if they need to. But one of the interesting things in here that I found was that here is the one paragraph order is what it's titled. And it says, one such warrant seen by the Guardian shows that they did not even contain legal rulings or an explanation. and Instead, the one-paragraph order signed by the FISA court judge in 2010 declares that the, procedure, that, that the procedures submitted by the Attorney General on behalf of the NSA are consistent with U.S. law and the Fourth Amendment. And then the article goes on to talk about how they have minim, minimalization procedures And and all these other things that Holder extended these things for the next five years. So this has been going on for quite some time. It's getting flushed out into the open. And, of course, you're going to see the bureaucrats defend and the politicians defend what's going on because, obviously, it's their livelihood. it's It's the trust of the sheeple into the politicians that is really going to feed this monstrosity. And then you have people like Saxby Chambliss that come out. And say, and I played that clip on here before, and I actually I'll play that again. That says that they only spy on the bad guys. So let me pull up that clip here really quick. And it was him and Diane Feinstein. And then I'll see if I can't get these guys pulled up. Looks like I just got Daryl pop in here in a second. So I'm going to go ahead and play the Diane Feinstein clip with Saxby Chambliss, and also talk about an article that was written in um, I think it was yesterday's Atlanta Journal Constitution, talking about Saxby Chambliss. Um, really backing the war in Syria and saying that the American America doesn't sit back and and just let people get massacred in, in, in droves. They always step in, and we always do the right thing. We always get in there. And then it goes through in the article, and it talks about how on the truth-o-meter, it's like a pants on fire, the worst rating you could possibly get, that he's basically lying through his teeth. Either that or he's an absolute idiot. Now I'm going to vote for the latter because obviously he's the Senator from Georgia, and he wants to take my guns, and he he and Diane Feinstein are good buddies, so that go ahead that puts you in a category all by yourself, my man. So here is the clip, and at the very end, this is where he talks about we only do it to the bad guys, even though the FISA court rulings and all these things that are coming out about the n s a and the grabbing of metadata and about how bad that is. I've got an article on that from McClatchy, I'll get into that here in a second. And then I'm gonna play the Diane Feinstein clip. Grab it on the backside. Um, pull up Daryl, and we'll um, and we'll just kind of run from there, man. So enjoy the podcast, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. If you guys are listening live, it is um, gosh, I think it's the 20th. It is the 20th of June, 2013. I forgot to give the tag at the very beginning. And I'm here live 9, 8, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. every Tuesday, every Thursday unless otherwise notified on the website that there will be a change in plans. I'm trying to nail down Lee Camp for an interview tomorrow, so if I get him nailed down sometime tonight I will post that um, on the on my website uh, wearenotcattle.net, we are not as well as the um, my twitter feed uh, we are not Cattle, the number one and the facebook page. So I will be communicating with everybody hopefully we'll be able to get him on for a half an hour and um, just cover the waterfront with him. He's a comedian, uh, activist, um, was involved in, um, was involved in uh, Occupy. So a lot of good stuff to talk to him about. So here's the Dianne Feinstein clip. Um, for those of you that have already heard it, guess what? They're only spying on the bad guys. This is just to refresh your memory about how much the government loves you and they care about you. Big government hugs all podcast long. Enjoy it.
0: As far as I know, this is the exact three-month renewal of what has been the case for the past seven years. It, this renewal is carried out by the FISA court under the business records section of the Patriot Act. Therefore, it is lawful. It has been briefed to Congress. This is just metadata. There is no content involved, in other words, no content of a communication. That can only be, these records, I'm not talking about the content now, I'm talking about the records, can only be accessed under heightened standards. The information goes into a database, the metadata, but cannot be accessed without what's called, and I quote, reasonable, articulable suspicion that the records are relevant and related to terrorist activity. Terrorists will come after us if they can and the only thing that we have to deter this is good intelligence to understand that a plot is being hatched and to get there before they get to us
2: it is simply what we call metadata that is never uh... utilized by any governmental agency unless they they go back to the FISA court and show that there is real cause as to why something within the metadata should be looked at. So uh, that's, um, uh, I think, been very clear all along for the years of this program. It has proved meritorious because Hmm. we have gathered significant information on bad guys. Bad guys? But only on bad guys over the years. Only the bad guys.
1: Only, only, only the bad guys. And with me on the line is a fellow bad guy, Daryl Young with the Adam versus the Man podcast. Daryl, thanks for joining us, man.
3: Thanks for having me. Hey! The one, only <laughs>
1: That's it, man. The thought criminal in the flesh, man. How's it going, dude? What's going on over there? You guys rocking and rolling?
3: Awesome, man. Just waiting for them to come inspiring us since we are criminals and they're doing their job. If they don't have, they're doing their job, they want to be doing a job, so they're doing a the job. Thank you for
1: letting us know. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for letting us know. And uh I was actually getting here, let me cover some more of this article here, uh, regarding the um regarding the, the warrants, the supposed FISA warrants that these guys get, which um which we you know, anybody that follows this stuff understands that it's just a rubber stamp, it's really nothing. It's just saying, Oh, okay. But what they talk about in, in the article is that if um, if you can't prove that the person is an American, is in America making these calls or placing these calls, that the NSA is supposed to assume that the person is out of the country. That's what, that's what it basically boils down to. So if you don't have rock-solid evidence that it is an American citizen, um, you go ahead and say that uh, it's outside the United States. So here is what it actually says. A transcript from a 2008 briefing of the FAA, which is the FISA court, from the NSA's general counsel sets out for much discretion of the NSA analysts, which poses when it comes to the specifics of the target and making decisions on who they believe is a non-U.S. person, referring to the situation where it has been suggested that a target is within the United States. And here's the quote. It says, once again – The standard here is reasonable belief that your target is outside the United States. What does that mean when you get information that might lead you to believe that it's the contrary? It means you can't ignore it. You can't turn a blind eye to somebody saying, hey, I think so-and-so is in the United States. You can't ignore it. Does it mean that you completely turn off the collection the minute you hear that? No, it means that you do some sort of investigation. Is that guy right? Is my target here, he says. And it goes on to say... But if everything else seems to say no, he talked yesterday, I saw him on TV yesterday, even, even depending on the target, he was in Baghdad. You can still continue to target him, but keep. But you have to keep that in mind. You ha- you can't put it aside. You have to investigate it once again, and with the information in mind, what's your reasonable belief, belief of the target's location? And it goes on to say in the article, Daryl, that if they – if they can't specify that the target is in the United States they just assume that he's out of the United States and that's where all the data collection starts coming in so you know we talked about this a little bit um on the show yesterday but this is the article that really hits home cuz this is what we explained to to the listeners on podcast number 9 where we covered this stuff when it was breaking and um and Robert brought up this point on the metadata and this is out of McClatchy and it says, government could use metadata to track your every move. And that's exactly what we talked about on the podcast. It's not that we're clairvoyant people. It's not that we, we have some sort of crystal ball and know how this stuff works. It's, it's understanding the technology, understanding what these, these little tags are for. The tags always have a GPS triangulation location in them. So here is what the article goes on to say. And it's pretty long, so I'm only going to read uh, bits and pieces of it. If you tweet a picture from your living room using your smartphone, you're sharing far more than just your new hairdo or the color of your wallpaper. You're potentially revealing the exact coordinates of your house to anyone on the internet. The ge- and that's how you know Facebook and and all these other things where you tag yourself. It's because it's using a geolocation device that's built into every smartphone on the planet since 19 or since 2001. The GPS location information embedded in the digital photo is an example of so-called metadata. Remember, Saxby Chambliss says it's just metadata, which means to say we're just tracking your location everywhere. It's no big deal. And it says a once obscure technical term that has become one of Washington's hottest new buzzwords. Yeah, because they got to cover their ass, Daryl, right? I think you got me on mute. Yeah, I'm here, bro. I'm
3: here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of tax be channelers, shout out to my boy Derek Grayson, aka Timon, who is currently running for his spot for uh, what is it in Georgia?
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm I'm right behind him too, man. I'm gonna as soon as as soon as he starts doing these speaking events and engagements and stuff, I'm gonna be right there with him. I do endorse him because I've had some I've spent some time with him. I know there's some other guys that are that are uh, similar similar, I guess in um, in their rhetoric, as far as what he does and what he 's looking to do, but I feel more comfortable with a grassroots candidate rather than somebody that will go unnamed that um, shows up to an event and demands to speak first because he 's got some other place he needs to be but you know that to be. Oh, thanks for bringing that up, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, we got to get the local politicians there, do too, man. And he's not a politician. Give give the people a little bit of background on Teemont so they can understand where he comes from. And people that listen to Georgia, there's a bunch of people that are friends of mine that listen to the podcast. So if you guys want to be informed about um, somebody that is running for Senate, um, what uh, what are some things you can say about Derek Grayson that they can't, you know, find out on the um, on his website or in his bio, Daryl?
3: Man. Man speaks for himself, the minister of truth. Like, come on, if you're not already familiar with T-Mont and his words, just go ahead and Google Tmont, man. Self explanatory, but yeah. Not a, a grown politician, somebody just mm-hmm. fed up with this, this two party system that decided to run, and, you know, he's back in Robbie Wells, who running for president as an independent, another grassroots candidate that's just tired of the way that our people are being taken advantage of and misused and the views. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah.
1: Yeah, he was. He's actually one of the more polished speakers I've I've seen. That just that just got involved in politics. Very powerful and, and knows his stuff and and knows what he wants to do. And he's one of those guys that's kind of a no nonsense type of guy. He's just going to cut to the chase. He's not going to um, beat around the bush. And and he would he would be one of those guys that I could I could see I could see backing for. To support my freedoms and to you know to try to get this to get this monolith that we got steered in a direction towards liberty.
3: Yeah, he definitely tells it how it how it is. He doesn't sugarcoat anything. I know there's a lot of uh, people that are like, oh my God, he's a statist. At, at the end of the day, until we live in a society where we have no government. Mm-hmm. We are going to have to elect grassroots candidates to represent us for the meanwhile until that time comes. You can definitely check out his platform at Derek Grayson, that's hmm
1: And he's he's friends with uh, two thought criminals. He's friends with um, Daryl and myself on Facebook. So if you guys are friends of ours on Facebook, you can find him through us. So let me continue with the article here. Sorry to get on the tangent. You know, Shouts out to you, um, Minister of Truth. Shouts out to you, Mott. Uh, It says, the GPS location information embedded on the so-called digital photos and metadata, once obscure technical term, is one of Washington's hottest new buzzwords. The word first sprang from the lips of pundits and politicians earlier this month after reports disclosed that the government has been secretly accessing um, telephone metadata of Verizon customers, as well as online videos, emails, photos, and other data collected by nine Internet companies. Barack Obama... um Hastily to, or, has a, what is it saying, of oh, President Barack Obama, hence to reassure the American public that nobody was listening to your phone calls, while government officials likened the collection of metadata to reading the information on of an envelope, which doesn't quite require a warrant. But privacy experts warn that those who know about what, how to mine metadata discloses much more about us and our daily lives than just the content of our communications. So what is metadata? Simply put, it's data about data, which is like um, dates, tags, um, geolocation, those types of things. Early examples are the Dewey Decimal System card catalogs that libraries use in order to organize books by author, genre, and other information. In the digital age, metadata is coded into our electronic transmissions. The metadata is is information about what communications you send and receive, who you talk to and where you are when you talk to them, the length of time of the conversation and what kind of device you're using and potentially the other information like the subject line in your emails. Yeah, that's not really important. It says uh, Professor Eckersley, the technology projects director at the Electronic Frontier Foundation, a civil liberties – a digital civil liberties group. Oh, more thought criminals. Powerful computer algorithms can analyze the metadata and expose patterns to profile individuals and their associates. This is how Google said that they were able to basically foment the uh, Egyptian unrest and stuff like that was by using social media and used it to manipulate it. And it goes on to say, Metadata is the perfect place to start if you want to troll through millions and millions of people's communications to find patterns and single out smaller groups for closer scrutiny a.k.a. what's going on with Daryl and Adam versus the man up at Washington. They'll let you and the other groups of people to go on to political meetings together, groups of people that go to church together, and which groups of people go to nightclubs together or even sleep with each other. Oh, isn't that nice? metadata records of search terms of website page visits also can reveal a log of your thoughts and in documenting what you've been reading and researching, he says. Yeah, so when Google – you start typing that stuff into Google, and it gives you that surprise like, oh, here's probably what you're looking for. And you're like, yeah, that is what I'm looking for. It's because they've already data mined you, and they know what you're searching for, and they know what your propensities are. I can't believe I just used the term propensity. I hated that term in corporate America. But uh, continuing, and I'll um, I'll end with this paragraph. That's certainly enough to know if you're pregnant or not, what diseases you have, whether you're looking for a new job, whether you're trying to figure out if the NSA is watching you or not. He said, referring to the National Security Agency, which information provides a deep, intimate window into a person's psyche. So, Daryl, this is the um, basically the assimilation into the Borg, where they're just grabbing all this data. And they're gonna use it and data mine it through and it's not through the NSA typically. They'll send it out to private third party companies in order to do the data mining for them in order to build the um in order to build the profile. So what do you think, Daryl? I mean, obviously we've known this has been going on for quite some time and you guys have had your run ins with Verizon and all that stuff, so what do you think the big takeaway is for the American public, you know, I guess the people that are ill-informed or, or didn't know what metadata was and were just trusting the politicians? Isn't this just another quiver in our or an arrow in our quiver to say that the politicians really don't know what the hell they're talking about, number one? And number two, their job is to maintain the status quo. What are your thoughts?
3: Uh, a couple things we know, we're not new to this, and two, they're only watching our IP address and phone records because they're concerned for us because we might kill ourselves or might even put information on the internet to kill our baby, like Casey Anthony did. But mm-hmm. um, you brought up a, a funny topic because you said that the, the information goes through a third party vendor or third party company, which is exactly what Verizon told us that our information was picked up by a third party company who they cannot share the information with, unfortunately they cannot provide their contact where we can contact them. We just have to, you know, allow them to do the research and um, release our internet speed App whenever they
1: choose. Hmm. That's I mean so, you know, I, I think we got Robert from the from J Rev on here. So let me see if I can pull him up. Hey Robert, is that you? Uh, yes, sir, it is. Can you hear me clear? Yeah, man. Hey, have we been skipping? I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there watching the watching the hold time numbers, and it looks like it's skipping. I think I'm on my Wi-Fi, even though I'm hardwired here. So, have I, have I been skipping? Have you have you heard anything skipping on the transmission? Uh, no, I've been listening pretty much since the beginning. You guys have been coming in great. Okay, good. All right. Well. Hey, Robert, um, vindication is sweet, isn't it? Isn't this what we talked about right when all this crap hit the fan, that you and I talked about the metadata on podcast number nine and talked oh, about what it was going to be used for?
4: Absolutely. Uh, as, as a matter of fact, I you know, I have uh, contacts, and they were the ones who told me all about this information before uh, before it even broke. But, you know, I me posting it out there and telling people about it, they're all like, oh, and now
1: it broke. And I was like, oh, wait till you guys hear about the metadata. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's just one of those things that, yeah, I I don't know what the I don't know what it is about people that want to really cozy up to the establishment. I don't, I've not figured this out. And as soon as you guys break with the establishment, you'll look back at yourself and go, "Damn, I was a sucker. I was just a sucker." Because I know that it sounds good. I believe me. I don't want to believe that my government is spying on me. I don't want to believe that my government bought two billion bullets. I don't want to believe that my government bought thousands of armored vehicles. I don't want to be believe that the Fed is in a no-win situation. But that's what we face. The Fed is in a no-win situation. With if they if they print money. If they print money, everything's great. If they don't print money um, – if they print money, everything's great, and they're just going to create a bigger and bigger bubble, and it's going to make it even worse for us when this stuff really does burst. Or if they stop printing the money, then everything escalates out of control, and you have a, a, just a sudden collapse. So, I mean, Daryl, what, what do you think is the – not the financial solution, but what do you think was the reaction on Wall Street today when Bernanke was talking about he might not print any more money, and then there was a big sell-off for the second day in a row on Wall Street?
3: Just creating a crisis so people can I don't know it's was, it was outrageous, man. I don't even know mm-hmm. what to say about that. Uh, they're not going to get any more money. Um, he's like, uh, my power has run out, so I'm not going to help you anymore. Give me more power, right. I'll help you. out. here. so. Uh, <laughs> it, it
1: it does become it does become very much a conundrum. What do you what do you think, Robert? What do you think with all this stuff happening financially? Gold took a big hit today. Silver, damn it, took a big hit. But you know what that means? It's time for Jake to buy silver. woohoo! And I might just have to go over to Ag- – I just might have to go to Agris Metals and support uh, Agris Cause. I really might have to do that. So, Daryl, Adam's got a uh, silver and gold co- coin company. Why don't you plug them really quick, not to do any shameless plugs, but, you know, we got to support other people in the fight here, everybody. And you don't need to be buying your stuff from who Glenn Beck tells you to buy from and all those people. You need to support real grassroots people that are trying to make a difference and are going to take those funds and use them to something that's going to be very, very beneficial. Is Wait, anybody go- else getting really big static on their end? Is that you, Robert, or what? No, I'm not. Okay, all right. Oh, it went – God, it went away. What the hell is going on with this podcast? All right, anyway. Hey, I, I, I guess I'm at like a, Hey, Daryl, maybe after being on your show, I'm at like a level four now. Maybe I'm just kind of getting bumped up.
3: Yeah, that's what you get for announcing that you're gonna have me on the show in advance, man. They're like, Oh my god, he's affiliated. Watch out. He's oh there it is.
1: Yeah. Uh, yo, so quickly plug the plug the Agris metals and uh tell people where they can go and get some um some good old gold and silver and uh even doesn't he sell copper there too?
3: He sells copper there too. Unfortunately I am being blocked from having any type of access to um this website. Yeah, it's asking me to, uh, I guess, if I understand the risk to continue, there's a, a connection,
1: restriction, what should I do? Oh, it's a, secure, it's a security tag fail. Yeah, you failed your security tag, and it ask you if the certification failed, and it asks you if you want to go ahead and continue in an unsecure way. Is that what it's asking?
3: Yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah,
1: don't do that.
3: You want me to certificate? No, okay. don't do that. And, uh, I'm not- but yeah, yeah, fuck them right now.
4: But
1: yeah, yeah you get can it. pull it up a little bit later, and then just let us know what's the URL for, or what's the best way to get to Agris Metals. Can we go to Man dot com and get there that way? it,
3: it would be best if we go to man dot com and then click on the the link to uh, Agris Metals. Okay. Uh, we do have a volunteerism coin for twenty five sixty six, and then a Bitcoin silver coin, mm-hmm. for the same price. Awesome, go out and support. Uh, Two agorist companies According mm-hmm. for the cause And Adam vs. Man of course So he, supports, mm-hmm. as he said uh, If we don't take care of one another Support one another Who will Glenn Beck yep. is not a Libertarian So let's move forward people
1: Yeah just because he takes pictures With Rand Paul Doesn't mean he's on your side everybody I mean just because he's in there You know and hobnobbing And, and doing photo ops with Rand Paul Doesn't mean that he's on your side Of course you know I could be really wrong about Glenn Beck Maybe Glenn Beck grew a conscience somewhere But you know, he went from what was it like Morning Morning Drive Radio to CNN, and then to Fox, and then to Fox Afternoon, and now he's off on his own. And uh he wrote a book about Moloch, you know, the, the Eye of Moloch, so it's like he demonized all the um all the people about the FEMA camps. He gave everybody the straw man argument and then said that there are no FEMA camps, which we all know that there are, but whatever. So um Anyway, after all of that is said and done, sorry for the uh, plug right in the middle of the podcast, everybody. But once again, you've got to support the people that support liberty and support your freedoms, and they're out there doing the work that we all need to be doing. And if you don't have time to get out there and do activist stuff, then go out and support activists so they can get out there in the streets for you. That's what we're doing it for. Now, um, Robert, uh, let's dive into a little bit more of the metadata. And when you started talking about your friends were kind of shunning you, and I got off on my little tangent about... You know how everybody just kind of really wants to cozy up to the establishment. Explain to people what the metadata is used for. I hit on it a little bit there, but explain to um, the public and the people listening to the podcast what it what it's used for.
4: Well, the metadata can be used for many different things, but what the um, <clears throat> the NSA says they're specifically using it for is to track and monitor terrorists. Now, mm-hmm. uh, they they they. Um, have access to everything. Now, according to my low-level contacts in the intelligence community, they say that whenever they do run across an American phone number, address, email address, anything like that, they immediately have to flag it and kick it up the, uh, the chain of command because mm-hmm. they themselves are not allowed to look at it. Um, but like you said earlier, that, um, if the if it cannot be confirmed that the person on the line You know, it's not an American number. They have to assume that the person is outside the United States. Correct. So, I mean... Yeah, go ahead. The problem with uh, the the collection of metadata, um, a lot of people are like, well, it's not that much information, or, um, you know, well, they're not really reading your emails, you know, they're just storing them, is once you store, and once you become the... the, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? The backup drive for the entire... Mm -hmm internet, you're going mm-hmm. to have people eyeballing that data. And as a matter yeah. of fact, this just broke with NBC. Lawyers are now eyeballing the NSA data for evidence in murder cases, divorce cases, that. and other things like that. And mm-hmm. you, you, I, I understand the, the point that my contacts try to make. They tell me that, oh, well, you know, we don't get to look at it, and, mm-hmm. you know, and we have to cook it, kick it up the ladder. But the fact is, is the information's there, and it's and they have it all. That's like me going into your house, stealing all your stuff. But because I have pictures of exactly how it was and I haven't used it, mm-hmm. I did not steal it. You know. Yeah. So, and that's what it is. They're stealing our information but trying to say, oh, well, we didn't really mess with it, so it's okay.
1: Yeah, it's like the underpants numbs metaphor that we used on the podcast a while ago. I can go in and look through your underwear drawer and stuff like that, but as long as I don't take anything, everything's just fine. So it, it really does become a conundrum, and I understand where the intelligence community is coming from. Obviously, we have to have some way of doing this, but you know, if if you are going to have a spy state, why not release that kind of information to people if they do want to, you know, press charges on people for, you know, for having something like an affair or che- you know cheating on somebody or you know to show that there is um, neglect or something like that. I think that that would be fair use. I mean, if if the American public is going to consent to the fact. If we're all just going to roll over and say, yes, it's inevitable, the government is going to spy on us, or they're at least going to collect all of our data, at least let us use it in some ways that would be beneficial to society. And, and, hey, maybe we could use – what about all these NSA data logs about all the super criminals up there in Washington, D.C.? How come we can't go after them like John Corzine where he steals a billion dollars from segregated accounts? How come we can't go after him with this metadata and listen to his phone calls and go back and see who he was talking to on his cell phone. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I would be okay with. I mean, if you're going to do it, and let's just face it, guys, this isn't going to go anywhere. They're not going to get rid of this stuff. They're not going to get rid of the technology. The only thing that's going to happen is if you get enough people pushing, enough people pushing that they're just going to have to encrypt all the data when they get it, and then when you become a suspect, then they can go and unencrypt it. That's the only way I think that this will ever, you know, go to a place that would be somewhat securing our liberties. But we're a long way from there, and and we're going to have to push as a society to demand, to demand freedom. Once again, we talk about this a lot. Freedom is not something that we inherit. Liberty is not something that you inherit. You have to earn it. And the last couple of generations, guess what? You guys have dropped the effing ball. So now it's up for our generation to actually pick the ball up and go – holy crap, we're, you know, we're fourth and 25 here, and we're down by 14 points, and it's late in the fourth quarter. We've got to go ahead and go for it. Do we have I- a play for fourth and 25? Absolutely not.
4: Yeah, Let me interject real quick. I, I think that we can get it to go away because uh, the argument here that they're trying to make is, well, we have to have all this data in case we need to track down t- terrorists or criminals or whatever the information is. We already mm-hmm. had some in place for that. That was mm-hmm. Google. Kept track of their own damn information. Yahoo Mm -hmm. kept track of their own damn information. And when you presented the company with a warrant, they would Mm -hmm. give you the information. I think that um, that that needs to be the point that libertarians and voluntarists make, at least for now until we can push further until we try to get rid of the program altogether. But I think mm-hmm. that we can make the point that, hey, we already had a system in place for that. It was called a warrant where there's no right. need for data treasure trove.
1: Well, I mean, so, so how do we do it then? I mean, if you, if you don't do – do you let just the individual companies collect the data and then you have to go through the warrant and then piecemeal it all together? Is that what you're saying? And just eliminate the, the total data dump of the NSA altogether? I would, I,
4: I would eliminate it, and um, and you know, I mean, they, Google and all the, and all of that, they already track your metadata. They do it for uh, commercial. They do it for reasons.
1: marketing, right? They do it for marketing purposes.
4: Yeah. Well, it's not like the the information that they have on you is jumbled up, and they're not. You know, they're going to be like, oh, well, it's going to take us a week to put all this info together. They're going to go, oh, oh, you mm-hmm. need uh, Jake Counts metadata? Yeah, boom, here it is. There, there you right. go. Yeah. You know, that it'll be that quick. The system was already in place. This is really there to stop what you were talking about from happening. If the NSA is in control of the data, you're never going to find out what's going on with the government. If, it, if the NSA is in control of the data, you're never going to find out what these powerful uh, power brokers are doing, ever.
1: That's a good point, Daryl. What do you think, man? I mean, is it is the solution that we that we eliminate the NSA or or the uh, the, the entrapment of the data? How do how do we uh, what do you think, man? I mean,
3: I think I think it's just a waste of money. We could spend the money elsewhere, like sheltering children that are homeless and feeding children that have. Now no don't use or,
1: don't use logic when you talk about the government. Come on, yeah, we've I'm already been
3: through terrorist. this. <laughs> I know, I'm, sorry. I'm Such a damn <laughs> terrorist. Ter- that's terrorist in me.
1: Oh gosh! Well, what are, what are we gonna do? Get rid of NSA? Well, that's a solution, right there. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's it's such a convoluted, and and the fact that we've got politicians up there grandstanding about all this stuff is what really drives me bonkers. And you got people that actually believe them. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen this yet. So, transitioning into um, some international news, have you guys seen the um, the the clip of the um, the Irish Council. Have you guys seen that yet? Where this debate? Um, I don't even know what her role is, but she's speaking at like the the Irish Senate, where they're having the G8, and and she goes into this big diatribe about how Obama's there, and it's just red carpets and everything. Have you guys seen this? Oh God, no. Okay, all right, all right. So I'm gonna play this first clip. The first clip's about three minutes. So you guys just uh sit and listen. Uh I'll overlay video with the with the regular podcast, but this is absolutely unbelievable. This girl goes for the jugular to the Irish people and and the and the reaction of the I don't even know if he's the I don't think he's the prime minister. I think he well he might be. I'll have to double check. But his rebuttal is just ridiculous and then she comes back and hammers him again. So this is a 3 minute clip and then and then I'll get your your take on it. But she just hits truth after truth after truth after truth. And I'm telling you guys, the the system is about to come crashing down. And the reason I say that is because if more people get start getting like this, start getting aggressive and start getting in people's face and throwing out the real issues and throwing out the real points of what's going on around the world, then we're going to have a chance to actually get some justice here. But as long as the people keep worrying about – You know, if Aaron Hernandez killed somebody, I know that that's really terrible and tragic. But we've got a president that kills people every week. He kills people every week. He orders drone strikes every week. I mean, what are we doing? I mean, I understand, and I I feel really bad for the person that was killed. But, I mean, that's what's going to entrap the American people. It's like, oh, my gosh, a football player did something. We got to – yeah, that's that's all we can talk about. So anyway, here's the clip, guys. Sorry for the big buildup. And uh, enjoy, everybody. And I'll catch you guys on the backside in three minutes and 37 seconds. Thanks, John Corley. Um Taoiseach, I think it's important to take this opportunity
5: to bring a bit of balance into the discussions around the visits of the U.S. President and his wife, given the almost unprecedented slobbering over them that the nation has been exposed to over the last number of days. And it's really hard to know which is worse whether it's the outpourings of the Obamas themselves or the sycophantic fawning over them by sections of the media and the political establishment. We've had separate and special news bulletins by the state broadcaster to tell us what Michelle Obama and her daughters had for lunch in Dublin, but very little questioning of the fact that she was having lunch with Mr Tax Exile himself. we had very little challenging of the fact that she's glad to be home, home a country that she's been in less than a week and that her husband has very tenuous links in. And of course, the biggest irony of all, the protestations of Obama himself in his speech to the children in Northern Ireland about peace. When he said, those who choose a path of peace, I promise you that the United States of America will support you every step of the way. We will be the wind at your back. Now I ask you, is this person going for the hypocrite of the century award? Because we have to call things by their right names. And the reality is that by any serious examination, this man is a war criminal. He has just announced his decision to supply arms to the Syrian opposition, including the jihadists, fueling the destabilization of that region and continuing to undermine secularism and knock back conditions for women. This is the man who is in essence stalling the Geneva peace talks by trying to broker enhanced leverage for the Syrian opposition by giving them arms and to hell with the thousands more who lose their lives or the tens of thousands more who will be displaced as this war goes on. This is the man who has facilitated a 200% increase in the use of drones which have killed thousands of people including hundreds of children. And you Taoiseach. You are the one who has turned a blind eye on these activities. You have talked about the G8 being an opportunity to showcase Ireland, but is it not a reality that you have showcased us as a nation of pimps? prostituting ourselves in return for a pat on the head. Deputy. To be honest with you, we were really speculating this morning whether you were going to deck the Cabinet out in leprechaun hats decorated with a bit of stars and stripes Deputy. to really mark Deputy. abject humiliation here. Deputy. So my question you. to you, t is as follows. What steps are you going to take to follow in the correct statements and the correct decision of your colleague Taunishta Eamon Gilmore who voted against the lifting of the arms embargo in relation to Syria. What steps are you going to take to ensure that no weapons for Syria are going to go through Shannon in breach of our international laws of neutrality? What steps are you going to take to showcase this country not as a lapdog of US imperialism, but as an independent nation with an independent foreign policy which takes the lead in international diplomacy to outlaw the use of drones, the favourite method of extermination of
1: your friend, Mister Obama. On the T-shirt. Oh yeah. Get him, girl. Get him. What do you think, Daryl? What they're oh, gonna you do is they're not gonna
3: do extra work.
1: <laughs> Say
3: what? I said mean, they're not gonna go through the extra step or do extra work to make sure that they're not using drones, to, you know, or, or supplying the, the rebels in Syria. They're just gonna let whatever happens happen because that's their job.
1: That's it. Like that's, how, that's how they roll, man. That is how they roll. And I think Robert just dropped off for a second. So, that dude, that is that's awesome. I mean, I I wish people in I wish people in our country would get that fired up. Doctor Ron Paul used to get that fired up. He would get that fired up about surveillance and stuff like that. So here, let me play the uh, let me play the rebuttal of the guy that's just completely dumbfounded, and then he talks himself into circles here. So. Here is the, uh, the rebuttal from the, um, from the Irish lawmaker. So, enjoy. This is another three-minute clip, and I'll see if I can't get Robert pulled back up.
6: Right, please. Well, let me, let me confirm to you, first of all, that the President was not inquiring about your whereabouts or your well-being. I think your comments are disgraceful. I think they do down the pride of Irish people all over the world who are more than happy to see this island. Um, the a uh, host to the G8, the leaders of the most industrialised nations in the world. And for you Deputy Daly to stand up here and criticise the American President for giving a continuation of support for a fragile peace process in Northern Ireland where over 3,000 people lost their lives over 30 years is a disgraceful do-down and if you, represent, if you represent those people on the back On the back line over there. If that's the kind of comment that you intend to make, well, then it's it's beneath you, actually. Even even those of your predecessors, in their their brilliance, never matched what you've just said here. Let me remind you, let me remind you that the communities in Northern Ireland and the politicians from administrations uh, in this house here, of all governments, together with British governments, and Northern Ireland politicians and Northern Ireland communities have put together a very fragile peace and far be it from you to come in here and criticize somebody who wants to support that process visibly, personally uh, and with assistance from the United States where 35 million Irish Americans, Deputy daily, want this peace process to continue and the young lady, the young student who introduced the president in Belfast put her finger on it very well when she said the reality is that Northern Ireland has had a past and the reality is that Northern Ireland has a future and that future Deputy Daly is one where peace in communities and across communities should abound and its beneath you to um, to say that the American president uh, should not be a party to keeping that process alive and visible insofar as insofar as the discussion on Syria is concerned there was a serious discussion at the the G8 summit with the members of the G8 themselves. Um, I'm not sure whether you favour the Russian intervention here uh, or whether you favour what the European Union uh, put forward while there was division among the countries in Europe about the lifting of the arms embargo. Ireland took a very clear position on this, which was articulated by the Farnishta, that the embargo should not be lifted. But the conclusion of the G8 summit was that the Geneva peace talks should take place. Nobody wants to see wanton slaughter and the exodus of hundreds of thousands of people from Syria. Um, And and far from from a warmongering um, discussion, the situation here is what can you do to bring about discussions and negotiations that will restore, in the first instance, uh, peace to this situation, and in the second instance, a structure that would allow Syria uh, to continue in the time ahead without the obscenities and the humanitarian crisis that we've witnessed in the last two years.
1: Oh, yeah. So, hey, um, Robert, n- glad to have you back. Did, you, didn't get the, um, you didn't get to hear the full clip from the lady from Ireland, did you?
4: I missed her question at the end. I was pumped. I was loving that check. Dude, the- she
1: just hammers those fools. Amaranth. Oh well,
4: What was her question? She said, my question follows as such. That's where I lost it.
1: Uh, I think I, I – think. I um, uh,
4: hold uh, on a second.
1: I guess the question was, what are they going to do or what extra step are they going to take to
3: make sure that they're not, I guess, supplying, uh, I guess, or yeah. attacking Syria?
1: Like, they yeah, go that's it. That. What, what to extra – Right, they're gonna make the extra go the extra mile to ensure the due diligence that they're not, you know, giving arms to uh, to Al Qaeda over there in uh, in Syria. And so he he just basically gets down there and talks about talks down to her. And that guy is the prime minister, by the way. <laughs> this is what we need. We need people to question these goofballs that are. Oh, the G8. It's just. It's all the most well-mannered pristine nations of the world yeah trying to set up a global government we know what the f, f you guys are doing i'm sorry i almost dropped the f bomb right there i'm really trying to refrain from doing that because this could be a kids show if i really do want it to be one but i do want it to be informative and i don't think that i don't think that f bombs are really going to get it across even though i i do want to drop one one right there because You can always come
4: to my show and cuss if you want.
1: You know what, man? I'm just trying to to better myself, you know? So I'm just thinking that there are more descriptive ways to look at it. And if I do want to find myself on prime time and sell out really big, I'm going to have to have some documentation of me not blowing it up and dropping F-bombs everywhere. But anyway, that's a side issue. So anyway, here is the rest of the clip. And this is about five minutes long, but the chick is still... As fired up as she was at the very beginning And let's give her, her due Her name is not a Chick Her name is Miss Daly So she is a lawmaker Talking to the God Talking to the actual Prime Minister of Ireland I cannot believe she approached a God It's unbelievable I'm, What are you thinking? So here is the clip So it's five minutes, everybody enjoy And then Robert, I will get yours and Daryl wrap up at the very end. And then I got a clip from Judge Napolitano. So um, we got some good stuff coming up. Thanks to everybody for listening. After this clip, I'm going to take a, um, a take a little break so we can uh, break up the show and everybody can go and do what they need to do to prep for the second hour. But thanks for listening, everybody. If you're tuning in live, thank you so much. If you're not tuning in live, shame on you. 9 o'clock, every 9 o'clock p.m. Every Eastern time, every Tuesday and Thursday night. Two hours of truth. Heaven help you. All right, here we go. Here's the rest of the clip. Please, please. Please.
5: Yeah. Uh, one minute minute. Minute. Thanks, Of course I said nothing about the Northern Ireland peace process, a process which everybody supports but it's not one that gives you a license to do whatever you like anywhere else around the globe. There isn't much peace in Iraq where 26 people lost their lives yesterday. There isn't much peace in Afghanistan. There isn't much peace in Pakistan. And there certainly isn't much peace in Syria. And the side I'm on in Syria is the one, and what I agree with, is the statement by Oxfam. Where Oxfam said, sending arms to the Syrian opposition won't create a level playing field. Instead, it further risks fueling an arms free for all. For the victims are the civilians of Syria. Our experience tells us that the crisis will only drag on for longer if arms are poured in. And that's in essence what the Americans have done here. I can only take from your non-answer to the question that you were asked is that you're going to take no steps to ensure that those arms will not be sent through Shannon in breach of our neutrality. You said here last week no arms ever came through Shannon. How do you know that, seeing as no investigations take place? The reality is in 2012, 548 US planes landed in Shannon. How do you know what was on them if you haven't examined them? Your Minister for Transport revealed uh, in a parliamentary question that 239 civilian planes landed in Shannon where they sought permission because they were carrying munitions of war or dangerous goods on a civilian aircraft. What steps are you going to take to intervene in this situation? And the last point I'll make is that people in this country are very fond of our American brothers and sisters and I think we stand far more shoulder to shoulder with them by making valid criticisms of their president who has broken his election promises rather than just pimping this nation as a tax haven for their corporations. I'm sure the Americans would far prefer if their multinationals paid their taxes at home rather than offshore here so they could develop their health care so they wouldn't be wasting money on arms being sent to slaughter people in other countries.
6: Uh, as you are aware 100,000 American people are employed by Irish owned firms across 50 states and something similar here from uh, American invested uh, corporates in this country Um, the American government and I don't speak for them obviously uh, have taken the view in terms of withdrawal of their troops from Afghanistan and from Iraq Uh, there wasn't any intervention in terms of troops in Libya and uh, there hasn't been any intervention in terms of troops in Syria. Um, we have never supported rendition flights through Shannon and it, it ill behoves you to make comments that are not true. Um, now I think I in think, I, I, I uh, the middle of all that rant uh, you seem to support the government position here which is articulated by the Thaneshta at the, uh, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs that this country did not support and does not support the lifting of the arms embargo. Uh, in Syria, because clearly with a, with a multi-opposition, uh, multi, um, uh, very diverse factions in that opposition, uh, these are very vexed questions. Um, so the decision of the European Council uh, to not agree in terms of the, in terms of the embargo um, means that that opportunity presents itself. But everybody at the g as I understand it, was focused on Uh, on getting the peace talks in Geneva underway uh, which might bring about some sense of solution here Um, clearly you haven't condemned the uh, Iranians or the Hezbollah or the Russians for supplying arms to the Assad regime Uh, you haven't commented upon upon the atrocities carried out under President Assad in Syria at all Um, you you, you seem to have a very biased view about the wanton slaughter of the Syrian people um, and everybody, everybody on this side, insofar as we're party to the European Union wants to see uh, a, a structure that would bring about the removal of um, President Assad but peace restored to, the, to, those, uh, to that country and its troubled people and the hundreds of thousands who have had to exit us across the border uh, with nothing uh, but, their, but their families and a few belongings with them so in that sense uh, Deputy Daly, I hope, and it's the hope of the government Uh, that the peace talks in Geneva can actually take place and that something comes from them. And while I wasn't at the discussion about Syria at the G8, my understanding is that there was a very frank um, uh, disclosure about the various views here and that hopefully something beneficial will come from that. Um, That's the answer to your question. Yeah. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. I love how they always skirt the question, but isn't that awesome? I mean, I love how they always flip it around. It's like, oh, so you're saying that you support the slaughter of the Syrian people. It's like, no, it's none of our effing business what's going on over there, and you don't get to go fund al-Qaeda. You don't get to go fund al-Qaeda. I mean, come on. What a joke. All right, so that's it. We're going to take a, a quick break here. For three minutes, uh, you guys go do whatever you got to do. I will see you back. Let me find the um, clip here, the greatest speech ever made. I play this a lot, but you know what, everybody? It always gets me fired up. So here it is, three minutes and 37 seconds of pure, beautiful brilliance. And uh, I'll get you guys' take on the backside. We can start breaking this thing down. See you guys in a minute.
7: I'm sorry, oh. but I don't want to be an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone.
8: A world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite!
1: All right, we are back. Thank you for joining us, podcast number 11 for the We Are Not Cattle radio podcast. Man, if that doesn't give me chills every time. I mean, every time I hear that speech, it gives me chills. I mean, what are you, are you guys there?
4: Yeah, no, it's yeah. a bad speech.
1: Oh, dude, that is just unbelievable. That's Charlie Chaplin, everybody, and that was from the movie The Dictator back in the 1950s, and it still rings true today. So, everybody, um, let me go ahead and go to Daryl first. What do you think about the exchange between the um, the Irish lawmaker and the God, the Prime Minister of Ireland? having her call him to the carpet and say, you need to um you need to kind of make sure that we're staying true to what we're believing here and not just sycophantically following Obama. You what do you me expect again. the
3: government, bro? Government was never created to benefit the people or, or assist the people like
1: What? It know. wasn't? It wasn't there to give me a humongous hug at the end of the day when I come home from work? No? <laughs> no, no it's n- no government hugs today? Okay. Robert, what do you think, man? What do you think of the exchange between the two? I think
4: that that would be the only the only reason I would ever run for office is to do what that chick did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think that we need more people like her. Who uh, uh, in I don't know what was she? She she was a, a politician, or was she just heard someone asking a question?
1: No, she's a she's a politician. She's an elected official, I believe. Uh, it, here, let me let me scroll through the article here and find out. Um, I just watched I watched the video. I was like, oh my gosh, a TD for um, for Dublin North. So I'm assuming that's an elected official. Yeah, okay. I don't know what a TD is, but yeah, she just got up and said. Hey, he's a war criminal, and Michelle Obama can kiss my ass, and God, that was awesome. I loved every I, minute of it. I just love the fact
4: that we're hearing that from a country that isn't really known for its freedom of speech and liberties. You know, um, I, I think that we hearing that come out of a, a country like Ireland, and mm-hmm. seeing protests like we see in Turkey here recently, um, mm-hmm. it, it, and in Brazil. And in Brazil, it shows that uh, you know, freedom is rising. It's getting people are going, Hey, what wait a second. You mean I I I don't have to live like this? Yeah. You know, and, and, and I and I and I think I think it's a very cool exchange in that respect. Other than that, it didn't accomplish much.
1: No, it, it doesn't accomplish much, but you know what it does? It gets it gets the um it gets the buzz going. You know, it gets the buzz going about about what's really going on in these countries? Is it? Are we just playing a? Are the pat? Are the politicians just playing a big game of patty cake, and we're all the suckers? And the correct answer to that is yes. The and then uh, the huh? I said, tell him what he's won. Yeah, exactly. And what's so amazing is hear her at the at the very beginning, hear her talk about how the media. Was the one that, you know, kind of sycophantically followed around Barack Obama and Michelle Obama and the kids, and it was all this big PR rollout. And we know that this is the establishment's game, is that they treat the politicians like that they're celebrities. They're not elected officials, they're celebrities. It's like, ooh, look, it's Dianne Feinstein. And I, when I say, ooh, look, it should be more like, ew, look, it's Dianne Feinstein. Anyway, so, um, let's go to a uh, let's transition into an article here that i uh, that i wanted to get into about the um about um obviously we did have michael hastings get killed in a very excuse me freudian slip die in a very mysterious car wreck and i am going to turn to um you know we've we've had these guys have been subject of much uh, conversation on my podcast but I am going to turn to Infowars because I do love Paul Joseph Watson. He's one of my favorite writers that they have over there. And once again, it's a media organization. They do tend to jump the gun sometimes, but, you know, for the most part, they're pretty much spot on and um, just double-check their facts. But here is the article that he wrote about the, the death of Michael Hastings. And for those of you that don't know, Michael Hastings was an executive editor at Rolling Stone, and he was a journalist. So I'm going to just read the article here on air and I want to get your take, and I sent you guys the article. If you guys want to pull it up and look at the pictures, that does not look like a car that just ran into a tree and then caught fire. Now, call me a you know conspiracy theorist or whatever you want to call me, but um, I just don't think that uh, – I, 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 this thing just stinks. So Let us never tolerate outrageous conspiracy theories. Okay, we're not going to tolerate them, Mr. Bush, so here we go. The revelation that Rolling Stone journalist Michael Hastings was working on a story about the CIA before his death, and he had contacted a WikiLeaks lawyer about being investigated under the FBI hours before his car exploded into flames and has bolstered increasingly valid claims that the 33-year-old was assassinated. Hastings died near early Tuesday morning in Hollywood when his car allegedly hit a tree at a high speed. The Los Angeles coroner's office has not yet been able to officially identify the body as Hastings because it was so badly burned. Skeptics of the official narrative have begun highlighting witness accounts that Hastings' Mercedes exploded. Images of the vehicle appear to show more damage to the rear around the area of the fuel tank than to the front, leading to the speculation that a car bomb, which ignited the fuel, could have been the responsible could have been responsible for the accident. No matter how you slice this particular pie, a Mercedes doesn't just explode into flames without little assistance, writes freelance writer Jim Stone. Car fires in new cars happen or car fires in new cars happen for three main reasons engine running out of oil or running the engine out of coolant or after an absolutely huge car mangling incident having the hot side of the battery um, short out against the flame and reach the fuse panel and for all three of these normal reasons which account for virtually all car fires in all models the fire would have been starting in the engine component, progressed slowly, and then scorched the hell out of the paint before it even reached the gas tank. That, that clean paint is, is the be all end all. Michael Hastings was murdered, and the rest is detail. And so it goes on to say that Hastings – or Stone questions why the white sheet was draped over the vehicle in the image below, and they have a white sheet draped over the front of the uh, front of the car. And I'm going to read the rest of this because it's not much longer, so you guys just hang on, and then I'll I'll get your breakdowns on it. The questions surrounding the precise nature of the quote-unquote accident had, that killed Hastings are giving now more weight to the fact that the journalists may have made some enemies with both the CIA and the FBI. Hastings contacted WikiLeaks lawyer Jennifer Robinson just a few hours before he died, saying that the FBI was investigating him, F- official WikiLeaks Twitter account announced yesterday, which I got that alert myself. Hastings had the Central Intelligence Agency in his sights, and he said was set to release an article exposing the agency according to the LA Weekly. The Obama administration and the Justice Department have openly claimed that the authority to assassinate Americans... Wherever in the world they deem that they are the national security threat, a number of citizens have already been killed in, in, as a result of this policy. It is really, to, it is really that crazy – is it really that crazy to suggest that Michael Hastings was merely the latest victim of, the, of this doctrine? The New York Daily News highlights the fact that Hastings had received multiple death threats before his eventual demise. Following his role in the breakdown of General Stanley McChrystal, Hastings told after McCry- was told by a McChrystal staffer, "We'll hunt you down and kill you if if you don't like what you if we don't like what you write." Holy crap, that's pretty ballsy. When, whenever you've been reporting around groups of dudes whose job it is to kill people, one of them would usually mention that they're going to kill me. Wow, and that's what Hastings says. Hastings was renowned for only interesting stories and someone who wanted to write – or this is this is what I read on BuzzFeed. This is really cool. Hastings was no, renowned for being, quote, only interested in writing stories someone didn't want him to write, o- often his subjects. According to BuzzFlash editor Ben Smith adding, he knew that there are certain truths that nobody has an interest in speaking, ones that would make you both suspects and enemies – and uncomfortable. These stories that didn't get told because nobody in power has much interest in telling them. So he's basically calling out the mainstream media right there, which we all know is just there to just create puff pieces and make us all feel you know warm and fuzzy about the government. The fact that Hastings had been a had been for a had made a had made a what is the hell is that? Oh, misspelling had made a bunch of enemies as a result of this hard-hitting investigation journalism, had prompted a, a deluge of the online comment speculating that the, that the writer's quote-unquote car crash was no accident. Hastings, quote, Hastings' wreck might make sense on the freeway, but I doubt he's dumb enough to go 100 miles an hour in Highland. It's not, it's, he's not a sudden, a, some dumb college kid, said one commentator on the local news site. A warning to other journalists is not to dig too deep, another Reddit user wrote Stick with the party line if you want to if you want a long, happy life, end quote. If if this was an isolated incident, there wouldn't be so many questions swirling around Hastings' death. However, he certainly was not the first individual to go up against the military industrial complex and wind up in a coffin. Other journalists who have been proven a thorn in the side of the establishment have met the same fate. Andrew Beitbart, who who was about to release damaging pre-election information on Barack Obama before he collapsed dead and under strange circumstances? To Gary Webb, the Pulitzer Prize-winning author who exposed CIA involvement in the drug trade, and subsequently committed "quote unquote" suicide after apparently shooting himself in the head twice. And Daryl, we both, um, you and I, both interviewed um, Freeway, the real Freeway Rick Ross, and um, that's who. Um, Gary Webb was writing about freeway Rick Ross in those, um, in those articles. And if you guys want to check that out, you can go to my, um, my website, wearenotcattle.net, and you can look under my interviews tab and listen to my interview with Rick Ross. It's about an hour and five minutes. It was awesome. So continuing more recently, uh, Ta- um, Tamerlan Tsarnaev's buddy a friend accused to be the um, a friend of of the accused Boston bomber was shot in the head six times by the FBI and we covered that on the podcast also who initially claimed that Trezo um that Trezo was armed but later admitted that it was all a lie speculation was raised that so i can't even Tadziev was assassinated because his knowledge about the Boston bombing in which the feds didn't want him to see the light of public scrutiny despite his actions the murder of Chris Dorner who was who was burned to death by the LAPD officers while hiding inside a cabin shows that the that authorities will not hesitate to resort to such methods. It's virtually inevitable that the true cause of Michael Hastings' death will never be known, and that the mainstream media will demonize anyone who questions the official narrative as a conspiracy theorist. Meanwhile, journalists and others alike are posed uh, who pose a threat to the military-industrial complex will continue to die in bizarre quote-unquote accidents that stink of foul play paul joseph watson infowars.com so guys after I butchered reading that article what do you think I mean what, what's your breakdown of all this stuff I'll go to you first Daryl you know the government will never kill anybody that they don't want information to get out on come on
3: yeah that 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 whole car situation I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist but they, they probably set that shit up it's what they do like Let us know. never
2: tolerate outrageous
1: conspiracy theories. I mean, Whoa, that's a- <laughs> real. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> all right, so so Robert, what do you, what do you say to all this?
4: Uh have you seen the video?
1: Oh, were they Yeah, I ha- I was trying to find it and I could not find it in order to play it. I will actually um I'm going to create space right here on the um on the podcast. How long is the video?
4: The video is about uh, three minutes long. It shows Hastings' car flying. It did run a red light, flying, I mean, like breakneck speeds, and then not even four minutes after the video got the car doing the red light, the same car that had the dash cam video pulls up on the accident, and that car was ablaze. Um, For those who haven't seen the pictures or watched the video, there is... No way! I watch MythBusters. Cars don't do that.
1: Yeah, they okay. do that in they did. Well, they condition the public that they do that in movies. It's like, you know, you know, um, Sylvester Stallone shoots a uh, shoots a car in the gas tank with a nine millimeter, and then the car just explodes and flips like fifteen times, which could never ever happen. So you said the video is three minutes long, so I'm gonna have to end the podcast. Um, Three minutes early, everybody, because I got to put that video in there. So um, if you guys check out the video, we are not on the We Are Not Cattle TV for the podcast. I will have the uh, video in there. So here is the clip of the video. Okay, and we're back. All right, so go ahead, buddy.
4: <laughs> well, and 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 uh, I I do not doubt uh, for one second that um, he was. What what's the word for it? Uh disappeared, black bagged, marked for death, drone striked. Well, I don't I don't even know what to call, call it. it. Let's
1: just call it NDA aid. Let's just call it N D double Aid. He was N D double Aid out of here.
4: He was N D double Aid. I mean, uh, and I and, and i, I, I d I'm not even thinking it's a conspiracy. I mean it's one of those things that's just like, Come on guys, really? His car hit a tree, exploded, and then they put a white sheet over it for what? For respect of the dead car? I mean it's not like they left the <laughs> The car, they weren't covering up the body. They were covering up the engine area.
1: And what's funny is that uh, I was listening to Alex Jones' show today, and they were talking about it on the show how, and I'll have to see their breakdown. I think they did a piece on it on their nightly news edition. But I think that they said that the engine was found at a 90-degree angle from the tree. The engine itself was outside of the car. Now explain to me how that happens. Huh? 60 yards. Sixty yards away from. Oh, that the, happens all Robert. the time. Perfect. Say what, Daryl? I think we lost him. Daryl, you there? All right. I got. It's all right. You just chime in whenever you come back. So go ahead, Robert. You said it was sixty yards.
4: Yeah, it was sixty yards away from the um, car. Now I have seen accidents involving multiple vehicles where engines have been ejected from the vehicle far far away. But the Right, the, but that's the,
1: usually when you get hit from like the side or something. It's not going to happen from a frontal crash. It's just going to implode the very front half of the of the car and just going to push the engine block back into the dashboard.
4: Absolutely. The physics do not support the claim of how it's done. You want yeah. you want my you want my conspiracy theory? Yeah, go ahead, man. Hit us. They droned his ass. He was Well, speed- see, I don't they, he was speeding through the cities. He, he just called and said that he was being investigated, and then he was getting in touch with WikiLeaks. I think that he was trying to get away from a drone, and they just popped him.
1: Oh, my – I mean, but – and so here's, here's the overarching question for everybody playing the home game. You need to ask yourself this question. The eyewitnesses said they heard an explosion. If you've ever seen a car hit a tree at a very high speed, I've seen it because my parents live on a very dangerous curve. So dangerous they had to put like three signs up in front of my parents' house growing up. And people would come through and they would flip their car. You would hear tire scratches and then you would hear like crashing metal and breaking glass. You don't hear damn explosions. And so that's the first thing that kind of sets me off is like, well, this seems kind of creepy. So you think that they? Do you think that they got him with a drone missile?
4: That that that's my. I mean, if I had to come up with a conspiracy theory right now, that would be it. I think they droned him. That's. I think that explains why he was blasting through red lights, going 100 miles an hour. I think he was trying to get away. And well, I think
1: it depends on. It depends on how new his Mercedes was. Because if it was a newer Mercedes, they could just take (laughs) control of the car. I'm serious. They could just take control of the car. They're all, you know, they all have Wi-Fi systems in them now. There's no way that they couldn't just hack in and take control of his car and then just drive him around and then blow his car up and then drive it into a tree. I mean, there's, and I know that sounds all crazy, but listen, guys, hello, the world is effing crazy. Okay, welcome, welcome to reality. I'm sorry to be real on this show, but this is just super creepy stuff. I mean. I mean what so you think that they he's speeding through trying to get away from a drone and they hit him with a missile that explains the explosion that explains the the but wouldn't that but, but but wouldn't the impact wouldn't the impact if it hit like the front half of the car wouldn't the impact of the missile drive the drive the um the um the engine into the ground or at least disintegrate the engine? It's a draw. Uh, sound
3: like a conspiracy theorist. you think it could
1: be the same missile that hit the Pentagon? I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a crazy like, Ah, listen, Jones. listen, listen, listen Daryl, <laughs> listen. The Pentagon has only got six billion cameras on it, and we get one angle of a plane for three frames that obviously flew into it. So, where the fuck was you know, the
3: NSA then? Like, right, come on.
1: <laughs> well, they were probably manning the freaking aircraft. What do you mean they were actually? Okay. No,
3: They didn't decide to step up the security until after 9-11. That's
1: why they stopped 50 terrorist attacks since 9-11. Oh, and isn't it convenient that they reinforced that same wall that got hit with a plane a year before with concrete? And it just so happens that I'm just going to go down the conspiracy theory lane for a second because this is so much fun. And if none of you believe me, then go try to disprove me because all this stuff is documented. On 9-10, the day before... Donald Rumsfeld comes out and says, we have about $1.4 billion, or is it, I think it was more. It might have been like $2 billion. We have um, some money missing, and we can't seem to find it from the Pentagon coffers. And it just so happens that the part of the Pentagon that gets hit is the data center that housed all the servers of the financial information. Now that just seems a little too convenient, but you know what? I'm a conspiracy theorist, so I don't trust known liars. I don't trust government. Oh my God! I'm a conspiracy theorist. Holy cow! So anyway, um, Daryl, what do you think happened to this dude? Do you think that they do you think they car bombed him? Do you think that they took control of his car? What are you what's your theory on this? Let's just go down the well, fun I've seen them, the fun I've rabbit seen them hole
3: to destroy car so anything is possible. They can definitely stop your vehicle as they choose and. Mm -hmm. Take control of it I don't know what to say I don't know They were behind it That's that's the only thing I have to say
1: About that topic And they meaning There's some faction Of the government Where they got hit squads And we all know About those guys So Government You're not secret anymore We all know That you guys have people That are in black ops That can take people out Whether it's domestically Or you know Or whatever and the Gary Webb stuff is absolutely crazy, and you know all these things. If you look into all those things that, and and Paul Joseph Watson, this is why I love him so much. Not like uh, no homo, but this is why I love his writing is that he always links to the stories that you can actually go back and pull up the the old articles, and it just has the hyperlinks in the story saying here, just go here, just go here, just go here, and then they always put related stuff down at the bottom. So. Kudos to you guys for doing some good work right there. Um, we don't, this don't, looks you so kind of, don't
4: you think it's kind of ironic that it came out today that there are military drones over the U.S. skies, that it was confirmed today? Do what now? That uh, it was confirmed that there are U.S. military drones over the U.S. skies. Like, it's not just your police that had it. Uh, it actually Wait,
3: came they, out. They, they probably confirmed that recently. So, yeah. It's, it's not new to us.
4: Yeah, yeah but I mean, it's it's actually confirmed for the whole, you know, what, for those not in the know, you know, that if mainstream media has it on record. They said yes, there are U.S. drones over U.S. air or over U.S. soil.
1: Let us never tolerate outrageous conspiracy theories. I think I think that those are just weather balloons. I think that they are weather balloons dropping teddy bears on the American public. <laughs> They're just gonna drop teddy bears out of the weather balloons and everybody anybody that gets one you get you get a free um you get a free USA T shirt. You you get a free USA,
6: USA, USA That's
1: what you get. Uh, and and the bear uh, just keeps... Uh, oh dude the, no, every time every sure. time you pet every time you squeeze the bear, this is the USA,
3: USA. And
1: then it and then it shits out free NFL tickets. So there you go. <laughs>
3: come with a little American flag on a stick.
1: It, you know what? I think it does. And then on and then on the very back of the bear, I think it has a drone. I think on the very back of it oh, it has a drone. Oh, so anyway, God. all right, so let's continue on the humor route. See, listen, Daryl and I got to break this down the other day, but Robert, I have not been able to talk to you for a minute, so I want to get your take on this. I'm going to load you up with something. I'm not even going to tell you what it is. This is just so fantastic. I want you to elaborate on it on the backside. And Daryl, I want to get your take on this too. Even though we've already commented, this is just way too much fun. So this is the fun portion of the show, everybody. We went from, let's see, the government spying on you to a politician getting called out to um an assassination is what it looks like. And now we're in happy fun time. So enjoy a- the fu- enjoy the fun section. Yes, sir? I said N D A Aid. <laughs> N D A A. N D double Aid. double Aid. All right. So it sounds like a battery, doesn't it? It sounds like a really big battery. It's the nd battery. All right, so here we go. Here's the clip from Mr. Roberts, only 40 seconds long. But, you know, I will warn you, for the people playing the home game, you're going to lose about 10 IQ points listening to this. Good luck. Number
0: two, Wendy Malick,
5: your question, please, for Alabama.
0: Government tracking of phone records has been in the news lately. Is this an invasion of privacy or necessary to keep our country safe? Why or why not? I think the
1: society that we live in today, it's sad that if we go to the movies or to the airport or even to the mall, that we have to worry about our safety. So I would rather someone track my telephone messages and feel safe wherever I go than feel like they're um, encroaching on my privacy. Thank you. Thank you, Alabama. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you Okay. You all right do I need to send do I need to send somebody over to re- resuscitate you I, I think know. he just I think he just flatlined Daryl I think we just lost Robert I think he's dead <laughs> <laughs> It's okay because she's hot It's okay Oh yeah <laughs> that's okay so. It's okay It's okay All right so what are your thoughts man I mean what are your thoughts
4: uh, I I think I'm done I give up I'm resigning now uh, Here uh-huh. on we are
1: this is Robert Wasman
4: signing
8: out. Oh, never- <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I got more. I got more here. Wait, 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 which one? Oh, this is a good. This is a really good one. Here you go. Here's another one. Once again, um, sorry, everybody. If you started out the show with an IQ of 120, we shot you up to about 135. Towards the middle of the broadcast, where we are dropping real knowledge, but now we're gonna we're gonna bring you back down to the IQ of um, your local police mu- uh, municipality, which is about 85. So here we go. Here comes some more dropping knowledge.
8: Judge number seven, Mo Raka,
5: your question, please this Connecticut, if the Supreme Court ruled that criminal suspects can be subjected to a police DNA test after arrest, do you agree or disagree with this and why or why not?
7: I would agree with this. I think that if somebody's being prosecuted and is committed a crime that's that severe that they should have a DNA test, I think there are so many crimes going on in this world that if that's one step closer to figuring out who has done it, I think we should absolutely do so. Thank you.
3: Why the
4: hell are they even asking these women these questions?
7: USA! 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 Dude,
1: it's it's the new slavery. It's mine slavery. It's... they have to... <laughs> because this is how they sell tyranny. Listen, if it's a hot girl up there telling you, listen, it's... Pl- it's listen, it's fine. It's fine. The government can spy on you. They're going to keep you safe. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Believe hi, me, I've seen hi. Yeah, go ahead, man.
4: Hi, I'm Tiffany and my turn ons are drones, domestic
1: spying <laughs> and large bills. <laughs> and and tax increases. Thank you.
5: <laughs> Don't forget about
3: TSA groping your titties. Your oh. oh damn.
1: Oh. <laughs> no, that's that's the uh that's after the that's after the long walk on the beach. You get to go to the TSA and they get to grope you. So I know you've heard I know you've heard all of those, man. So that's the first time you've heard those?
4: Oh, uh, this is that that is the reason I don't watch uh uh much mainstream type T V, you know. I I, I, I I can't even watch these crime shows that my wife loves so much because I'm like, they can't do that. That was illegal. That guy should have told him to <laughs> I do that
1: same thing. Know? thing. I do plan. that same thing you're like I'll watch, like, a show, like, I, I I am partial to, like, the fantasy shows, so I watch one show, and it's called Grimm, and it's basically, just, like, and the only reason I like it is because it's based on, like, old fairy tales, which is kind of cool, and so my wife and I were watching it, and every time, this guy's a cop, and he's supposed to be from, like, the Brothers Grimm, and so he, every time, they go in, and they, like, every show, they break into somebody's house, the cops, they're like, <laughs> they break into somebody's house, i like, it's like, hey, should we call to get a warrant? And they're like, Psh, bust out the window. Like, I got my warrant right here. I'm like, oh my God, what the hell? Oh,
4: everything's fine, dude. Everything's fine. It's Game and Thro- It's Game of Thrones up in this thing, man.
1: <laughs> that Game of Thrones is actually. Hey, you wait until you get to the end. You wait till you get to the end of the the season that just finished, dude. You're gonna freaking lose your noodles. And the reason I like that show a lot too, and you'll you'll probably you know back me up on this, Robert. It really does get into how society works. It's like, hey, if this guy wants your head chopped off, your head's getting chopped off. That's the way it goes. I mean, if if the king says that we're chopping your head off, that there it goes.
4: If There Barack Obama- is absolutely no difference in what's going on in Game of Thrones than what's going on behind closed doors in higher echelons of government.
1: Absolutely. That's why I love that show because it just parallels – it parallels reality. Heaven forbid it parallels reality. All right, so I do have a clip here from Judge Napolitano, and then I'll hit some other news after this is done. But um, here we go. Here is Judge Napolitano talking about them just absolutely shredding the Constitution. Big shocker.
2: The judge, why don't we? Fox News senior judicial analyst Judge Andrew Napolitano would say, "Well, it could have prevented 9/11. You know, I, I suppose under this logic, they could just give us all minders, and then nothing bad would ever happen. Under this logic, they can cut as many holes in the Constitution as they want, and argue that if we had been able to do that. Uh, uh, 12, 13 years ago, it would have prevented 9-11. I'm disappointed in FBI Director Mueller. In his final testimony before Congress, he's still singing the tune that constitutional liberties can be subordinated to the the government's need to fight and ban people. And he's making an argument which which is inconsistent with the history of the FBI. The, The FBI, more than any other law enforcement entity in the history of the United States, has shown deference and respect to the Constitution. He's basically saying they can't. They need to cut the holes in order, to get, uh, in order to get the bad guys and they don't. It's absolutely unnecessary, as Congressman Dingell argued, for the FBI to get the phone numbers of everybody that works for Verizon in order to find out who's calling from San Diego to Yemen. They could have gotten the incoming call in Yemen and from that they would have known who was making the call and then they could have gotten a warrant on that house in San Diego. So to suggest that they can forget about the Fourth Amendment, uh, theoretically break down any door they want, theoretically arrest anybody they want, would give us an America that nobody would want to live in. And yet we hear from all corners of the government. I mean, the White House defends this; that everybody's defending this, as if maybe they never read the Fourth Amendment. I mean, I. I I don't understand it. Well, Congressman Dingle, it's funny because I don't usually agree with Congressman Dingle, but he made some really great points today. The, the statute in the Patriot Act that permits them to get all these phone records requires them to tell the judge whom they asked to sign the order that the phone records are relevant to a, an ongoing investigation. How could they claim that 113 million phone records are relevant to an investigation unless they claim that all 113 million people are involved in some kind of a conspiracy which is obviously not the case so they they skirted even the law that let them get these phone records by omitting the key point of is this information relevant or is this a dragnet is this a fishing expedition which it obviously was and which the fourth amendment was specifically written to prevent the government from engaging in and yet they've done it And nobody, if history tells us anything, nobody's going to be punished and they're going to keep on doing it. If they've made it clear, they're going to keep on doing it. And the people just sit around with their hands under their legs and say, well, there are a lot of scandals now. This isn't just another scandal. This is a, a direct violation of the Constitution. Well, here's the thing. If they do not arrest and prosecute someone and in that prosecution use evidence obtained from this 113 million person warrant, then nobody will be in a position to challenge it. No one will have standing. And it. if no one has standing to challenge it, they will do it again and again and again. Unless and until the American public gets sick and tired of it and elects uh, a government that respects the Constitution.
1: Ha! 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 Ha Yeah. Um, no, we got too many sheep out there, dude. That ain't going to happen yet. Eh, it's not going to happen. Too much football to be played, too much baseball going on, NBA Finals are tonight. It's amazing that I'm actually running a podcast right now and that people are actually listening when the NBA Finals are What the hell are you guys doing? Robert, you live in Florida. You should be in front of the television watching LeBron James right now. What are you doing?
4: Wait, why? What's going
1: on? It's game seven (laughs) of the NBA Finals. Come on. I, I honestly didn't know. That's, dude, don't worry. It's funny. I still have my friends that think I'm still in the matrix and they'll come up to me and like, dude, did you see who we got? And I'm like, um, I haven't followed sports for like two years, dude. You guys are my sports outlet. It's so like, if I want to know what's going on, I call one of my friends, like, dude, what's going on in sports? He's like, oh, this, this, and this. He's like, what's going on with the government? And I'm like, they're still fucking us. Oh, there's the F-bomb. Damn it. Yeah. Almost made it the entire. Oh, almost made it the entire show. Hey, you know what? I've got fancy editing tools now. I can go back and edit that out. That might happen. I might have to put the bleep in there. I don't know. All hey, the all well, the sh- talk real quick. What what
4: are you using for your editing software?
1: Um, I use uh, it's called. Hold on a second. Let me pull it up now. Of course, you have to ask me that question. It's called AVS Audio Editor, is what I use, and I use their video editor too. And the it's just an online service. You pay. Um, it's like twenty. You guys need to pay me for this, you jerks. Uh twenty nine ninety nine a month, I think, or no, twenty nine ninety nine for a year, and you get access to all their tools. They do like Photoshop and stuff like that. Not true Photoshop. If you want Photoshop, and this is just hey, for people out there that want to be able to do stuff and, and be in a free market, go to um Pixlr. I think it's P L I X R, I think is what it's called. You can if if not I'll put the link on my website and you can go on there and use that tool to do um Anything that you would do on Photoshop. That's how I resize all my logos and stuff like that. So don't pay the giant mega corporation's money. Use free software that people developed as open source. Woohoo! Free market, everyone, and donate to their calls because I did. So anyway, um, what were we talking about? Oh, uh, LeBron James? No, no, yeah, no. no, no. James right. DePolitano. Oh, Napolitano. Yeah, so what do you guys think? I mean, here's what really baffles me about the mainstream media and Chef Smith is actually doing a better job. He actually kind of gets fired up about this stuff, so I kind of like that portion of him. But it's like, oh, this administration is so unconstitutional. It's like, what about the other five before it? I mean, you guys want to be real legit? What about what George Bush did? We got WMDs over there. We're going to send over some troops to go get them. What happened? I couldn't find them, man. They just they they done they done took them. They done took them and went off somewhere. Pew pew. Go, America. <laughs> America. <laughs> all right, I was Adam gonna... Kokesh. I, I was, that was Adam Kokesh right there. The pew, pew, America. There you go. So go ahead, Robert. What do you think? Oh uh, No,
4: I, I still hear people argue that uh, that they did find WMDs, but it was all classified, so that's why we don't know about it. But anyway, uh, no, I think Napoleon is hey, right.
1: Hey, tell, tell them that tell the Santa Claus is classified, too. That's why you've never found him.
4: <laughs> and Bigfoot, he runs the NSA. But, uh yeah. Uh, Go ahead. But no, I think that um, you know, uh, Napolitano and all of them are are correct for the most part. You know, yeah, it's a violation of the Constitution, and the Constitution is supposed to be our litmus test, so to speak, uh, for the for government actions. Um, but you know, it, for those who are losing their faith in government, uh, they need to start pushing more of the idea that that's just a violation of personal liberty. Period. Period. Reg- Regardless if the Constitution said it or not, that, they, they, they are spying on you. There are no oh. other terms for it.
1: Oh, get ready, Atlanta, because your boy, the little, the as my friend likes to call me, the tiny liberty champ, will be in downtown Atlanta this weekend with a film crew going around and asking the public questions. So get ready, because I'm going to come up and ask you to see your iPhone and your text messages and your emails. Hey, let me right. see your iPhone. Hey, let me see your, let me hey what are you, let me read your text messages. What are you doing? You can't do that. It's invasion of my privacy. Oh, but if I had a um if I had an NSA shirt on, would that be okay? That would you be all right, get, wouldn't it?
4: You should get a shirt and when they say, What are you doing, you go, Oh, I'm sorry, hold on one second, then put it on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just like spray paint NSA on like a white t shirt or something <laughs> like that, and then the, and then they're like Hey, let me see your uh let me uh, let, let me see your phone. They're like, "Uh, no." And just like, "Hold on, hold on. Hold on, sir. Hold on. Let me put this shirt on. Does this make it better? Does that make, <laughs> that, that that make it better right there? The NSA all over it? Yeah, there you go." But, yeah, that's so get ready everybody. I will be downtown Atlanta this weekend roaming around with a bunch of thought criminals asking questions to the public. And I'll be posting those videos to YouTube. And shouts out to my friend TJ Smith, the guy that used to run the podcast with me for a while. I got to get him back on, man. He's such a good guy to talk to. Um, I'll actually get him on on Tuesday. We can talk about what it was like to go around downtown Atlanta and talk to the sheep. So, um, Daryl, you got anything you want to plug here before we get into our last article for the show? Do you got anything that's coming up that you want to plug?
3: Napolitano and what he has to say. He's always on point with the message, but that's about all he is just talk. Because when Adam got snatched up, where was all these liberty-loving people that that represent the, the movement, or have, that's a that's an icon really stepping up and, and getting active, saying, "Hey, you snatched up one of our peoples, let him free." So, yeah, he can always say or uh, inform us what's going on, but that's basically all he's doing. Like he, he needs to be more active. He needs to do something about it. Like right? don't just talk about it, do something about it.
1: oh uh, yeah, don't talk about it, be about it, right? Now, now is he is he gonna run? Is he going to run for president in 2016, you think? Is that what, what's going to um, well, go when I
3: was when I was at the CPAC 2012 or mm-hmm. 2013, whenever it was recently, his committee was out there passing out uh, T-shirts and bumper stickers to try to draft him. You know, I, mm-hmm. I still walk around with my Napolitano bumper sticker on my, my laptop, but I t- totally lost a lot of respect to that guy, man. Like, he needs to step it up just a bit.
1: Well, you know, those guys, they walk such a fine line, especially when they're trying to do the – they try to do the mainline television, and they try to appeal to you know the, the neoconservatives, which you know I still know a bunch of neocons, and you can't you know they they still think that that killing two hundred guys to get one supposed bad guy is completely reasonable, and so you know you can't reach those people, but that's who he's trying to reach out to, and you're starting to see some of them come around as Fox News is starting to bend more towards. Liberty, and it's, and it's because they're going to start losing ratings to people like us. They're going to start losing the masses because the masses, they're just not hardcore enough. They don't understand, they don't understand, well, they just don't want freedom enough. They want, they want ratings, puff pieces, they want the White House dinners, they want the interviews with the senators, they want all that stuff. And you're not going to get that by going out and doing what you guys do, Daryl, and that's getting in their faces and telling them what a bunch of criminals they are. So he's he's walking a fine line, so I, I, I completely I completely understand that and I and I understand your frustration with them just kind of you know saying, Oh, Adam got arrested, oh that's too bad, you know? I mean they got a lot of clout up there the in Washington, line. right? So say so what now?
3: I said we're putting ourselves on the front line, too bad, yes.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly, and it's not. And gosh, I, I need to get up there to see you guys. I know I keep saying that, but it's it's just got to happen. I've just got to break down and make the ten hour track up there because I have to get some footwork in. I mean, I'm going to get footwork in down here, and everybody else, if you're a liberty minded person and you want to get some footwork in, message me on Facebook, find me on Twitter. We are not cattle. The number one. If you live in the Atlanta area and you want to go get some footwork in. I am going to be down at the July 4th, um, the July 4th protest. And if you listen to this podcast and you're not down there and you choose to barbecue, there's plenty of time to barbecue and beer in the afternoon, guys. Plenty of time on July 4th. Get your ass down to the Capitol, protest the scumbags, and let's get this nation turned around. And I'm going to, lo- I'm going to notify local media. And I don't care if I'm the only person there. I'm just going to say, hey, this is a national event. You guys need to cover this. I don't even care if they write a hit piece on me. I, I really don't care because there's no such thing as bad press. So, anyway, um, you got anything else? Say what? I said I'll be in Tallahassee. Hey, speaking of Tallahassee, um, Daryl, weren't you guys kicking around the idea after the um, after the new the the recent legislation that came out about um banning water pipes and stuff like that? Aren't you guys trying to orchestrate a uh, smoke down down there in order to uh, to support the locals? Um, and having the right to actually buy a, a glass paraphernalia piece? Holy crap. You can't no, even sir, buy I a will glass...
3: be I will be reaching out to uh, Robert Platschorn shortly to you know inform him what we're going to be doing. And okay. I will be uh, contacting NAPO from the panic hour to get this mm-hmm. set up and, and started. But, yeah, that's mm-hmm. definitely something that will be happening in the near future, so just look out for that, people. But until then, June 30th, Smoke Down Prohibition Part 6, Philadelphia, Facebook event, RSVPCF. Yeah.
1: All right, cool. And, uh, Daryl, you should get with, uh, you should get with Robert and those guys because, um, they're, they're down there in Florida and they got a pretty decent following down there. So they can get their crew to come up and we can do some cross promoting with a bunch of, uh, bunch of thought criminals getting together trying to, um, you know, show the, show the people that, um, that this is what we want. That there is no, there's nothing wrong with, with, um, with partaking in something that was legalized medicine for 3,000 years and now all of a sudden it's the, um, it's the oh, what did what did he call it in the article? The governor called it. If you want some of these utensils of death, you just need to go to Alabama or Georgia. I'm like utensil of death, dude. I bet you drink alcohol. You dumbass. That's worse for you than pot. It's, these guys are so ridiculous. I, I didn't even get your take on it, Robert. What do you think of all this? What do you think of not being able to buy? A glass piece, even though even though tobacco uh, flavored tobacco is very popular now here in in Atlanta, and they have hookah bars and stuff like that where people go in and smoke flavored tobacco, you can't even buy something like that down there now.
4: Yeah, now I'm actually just kind of uh, worried about uh, the ones I do currently own. <laughs> uh, that's thought crime.
1: Well, you already yeah. committed thought crime by being on my show and having your own show, so.
4: Well you know it's stupid. I mean, I mean, what are they going to do? Are they going to outlaw apples next and rolling papers and you know uh cigars
1: and, Dude, don't give these you know, authoritarians it, any ideas? They will do it. They will do it in a heartbeat. He's probably going to put legislation out tomorrow but here here is something good to transition off of that to to get onto to the lighter side and then um and we got one serious um, one serious note here at the end, but uh, I love this one. this is coming out of Fox, New Jersey, and this is the nanny state in full effect, everybody. New Jersey bans trash talking in high school sports. That's right, you can't talk shit anymore in high school. What a joke! It says the New Jersey high school athletes who talk trash could find themselves penalized and even find themselves under investigation by the state civil rights division. What? Why is that civil rights? I don't get it. And the New Jersey State in- Interscholastic Oh, excuse me, Interscholastic Athletic Association. And the state attorney general's office announced the new policy on Wednesday. No, it's not a law. It's just a policy. And we're going to enforce the policy by throwing you in jail. And it brings athletic events into a new line of anti-bullying law for schools. Oh, it's all about anti-bullying, everybody feeling good. This is just the domestication, or as I like to call it, the pussification of America. The sports policy goes into place this fall. Participants could be in trouble if they make harassing statements related to gender, race, ethnicity, disability, sexual orientation, or religion. Referees are also be required to report incidents for further investigation. All right, Daryl, what do you think, man? If you're playing a sport and you school somebody, you can't talk trash to them. Otherwise, you're going to be reported to the um, state civil rights division.
3: I'm going to get fined until I go bankrupt. So it's like, uh, (laughs) fuck the F. (laughs) <laughs> and fuck how they feel and fuck their sensitivity. I'm sorry, not really.
1: not really. Oh, that's too bad. All right, Robert, what do you think, man? What'd, this is in li- this limiting free speech. Isn't this a First Amendment violation? Well, there. Uh, this is in schools, right? No, this is in sporting events. So it's, this? but it's associated with the schools, correct?
4: Associated with the schools. They they actually had something go to the Supreme Court back in the 70s that determined that students do not have rights as a, as a agreed upon in the Constitution.
1: Oh, that's correct, because they're actually slaves of the state when they're in the school or when they're representing their supposed school, correct?
4: Correct.
1: So, I mean... That legally, yeah, they're
4: within their right. But yes, it's a it's a it's a violation of parental rights, it's a violation of First Amendment rights, it's a violation of being a decent human being. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, and then it's it's once again, it's just a policy. It's a new policy that we're gonna I swear, this whole vernacular is just getting ridiculous. It's like, oh, we're gonna implement a new policy that the TSA could stick their hands down their your pants. So like, wait a minute, I don't agree with that. It's a violation of my fourth amendment. Well we say that it's we say that it's constitutional. I love how they always say that. Well, we say that the Supreme Court says that this is constitutional, so they are the supreme law of the land. It doesn't matter what your feelings are. Just get ready. All right, so this is the last article that we're going to get into, everybody. And we got about um, – I've got about eight minutes to cover this. I'm going to have to haul butt. So here is the headline. This is McClatchy also. It says, uh, Obama's crackdown views leaks as aiding enemies of the U.S., so even before a former U.S. intelligence contractor exposed the secret collection of American phone records, the Obama administration had been – was pressing a government-wide crackdown on security threats regards to federal employees keeping closer tabs on their coworkers and cohorts, um, managers to push them to fail to report suspicions. Barack Obama's unprecedented initiative, known as the Insider Threat Program – all these things are so Orwellian – Sweeps is sweeping in – its reach. It has received scant public attention throughout the extents of beyond the U.S. national security bureaucracies and most federal departments and agencies nationwide, including the Peace Corps, the Social Security Administration, the Education, and the Agricultural departments. It emphasizes leaks of classified material, but um, but let's see, but catch-all definitions of insider threat. Give the agencies latitude to pursue and penalize a wide range of conduct. The government documents reviewed by McClatchy illustrate how the agencies are using latitude to pursue unauthorized disclosures of any kind of information, not just classified material. They also show how millions of federal employees, contractors, must watch for high-risk persons or behaviors among coworkers and could face penalties, including criminal charges, for failing to report them. So yeah, just spy on everybody. Spy on your, you know, your, local, your, your, your subordinates. Spy on your fellow employees. Just spy on everybody. If you think that they're going to speak out and leak something that the government's doing that's criminal, we're going to go after you. And it says leaks to the media are equated with or are equated with ex- espionage. Ooh, good for them. Hammer this fact home: leaking the town or the the tantamount to aiding the enemies of the United States. Says June first, twenty twelve, Defense Department strategy for the program obtained by McClatchy. The Obama administration is expected to. Hastened the program's implementation as the government grasped the fallout from the leaks of the top secret documents by Edward Snowden, a former NSA contractor who revealed the agency's secret telephone collection program. And I'm going to skip ahead. Leaks related to the national security can be can put people at risk, Obama said on May 16th, depending on – criminal in defending criminal investigations into leaks. He can put men and women in uniform that I've sent into the battlefield at risk. I thought you would be doing that if you sent them into the battlefield. Wouldn't you be putting them at risk? It's kind of weird. And they put the, and put at the risk of some of our intelligence officers in various dangerous situations that are easily compromised at risk. So I make no apologies. I don't think that the American people would expect from me to be in the commander-in-chief to not be concerned about the information that might compromise their missions or might get them killed. Yeah, because that's what you do. You've got to go get them killed. That's, that's your job. As part of the initiative, Obama ordered, great protection for, ordered greater protection for whistleblowers who use the purpose of internal channels to report official waste, fraud, and abuse that's hardly comforting to the national security experts and current and former U.S. officials. They worry about the insider threat program won't just discourage whistleblowing, but will have the greater consequences for the right to know and national security. And it goes on. So I don't have time to finish the entire article. I will put it up on the website wearenotcattle.net as long as as well as all the other articles that I've referenced today. So what do you guys make of this? I mean, do you did you guys ever see the video that got released from the? Um, I think it was I don't gosh I want to say it's the IRS. But I think it could be a different agency, so correct me if I'm wrong. But it was about people going public, and it was basically the head – the section chief saying that if you believe that somebody in the administration is committing a crime or is doing something that is that is uh, unethical, you need to report that to your superior, not just go public with it and you know basically catch us all with our pants down. Oh, it's the Department of Homeland Security. That's who it was. So, I want to get your takes on all this, Robert. i'm I know I'm rambling here, but what is your take on this about um basically the crackdown and trying to make sure that everybody's spying on everybody except for the criminals up there in washington d. c It's
4: all a part of the plan, man.
1: You now, know, and I, what would that and what would that plan be, sir, since you're a conspiracy theorist, thought criminal? Um, uh, my theory of the plan
4: is uh global governance, one world. Uh, to do that, they need to make sure that the power structures in all the free nations currently, and I use that
1: term loosely. Uh, I was hoping you stu- used air quotes when you said free nations.
4: <laughs> yeah. Uh, they make sure that the power structures are solid and that they that they, they work smoothly before they start transitioning into uh, collaborating them together.
1: No, you mean uh, global standardization, which they've already passed laws for and all that stuff? Yeah, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah exactly. Oh, yeah, sure, whatever, you're I mean, a conspiracy theorist. All right, so, um, Daryl, what are your thoughts, man? Okay, I'm a conspiracy
3: theorist, too. DHS mm-hmm. is buying all the bullets, THA is touching all the kids, the IRS is watching all the conservatives, um, and, like, what what what, is, what do we have government for? Like, what is their sole purpose? Like, what are they doing? Like, everybody's like, man, like, they're doing their job, yada, 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 40 boys, A mafia, but like... At the end of the day, it's like every government agency is coming out right now being crooked, like, and they're just being exposed one at a time, and this just, is just happening. Like, right time is now to rebel, bro. Like,
1: yeah, same uh, thing. Same thing that happens over throughout history, over and over and over again is that you get corruption, and then if nobody stops the corruption because it's the quote unquote good times, then the corruption just gets rampant, and then once the corruption gets to a point where it's like the you know the um, What's the term I'm looking for here? Once you meet the, you hit the precipice of the um, of the corruption, then it starts to rapidly deteriorate, and that's what we're seeing now with all of this stuff coming out, all these scandals coming out, and believe me, guys, there's going to be more and more and more, and and everybody's just kind to kind of stand idly by. So that's it for the podcast for today. You guys go ahead and plug your stuff really quick, and I got to end the show in order to make time to fit that three minute um, three minute video clip in. So. Daryl, cl- plug your stuff, man, and then uh, Robert, you can plug your stuff, and then I'll uh, I'll say goodbye to you guys after the show.
3: Is your boy, Crip Ron Paul, your favorite freedom fighter, favorite freedom fighter, YouTube, Crip Ron Paul, Adamversamann dot com. Y'all boys know what it is. See me in the battlefield.
1: Yeah, yeah man. See, I'll hey, I'll uh, I'll hit you up on the uh, I'll hit you up with a phone call here in a little bit, buddy. I'll take I'll um I'm gonna take us to break here. So uh, thanks for joining with us, Daryl. Sure, anytime, bro. All right, um, you're up, man. Robert, go ahead.
4: Uh, You can always check us out at journalisticrevolution.com. There you'll find links to our YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Liberty Movement Radio, where we have a show every uh, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday from 11 o'clock to 1 in the morning Eastern Time. I also want to put out there real quick for all the other people who have their own shows, and this goes out to you, too, there, Jake. Um for Status Anonymous, we're looking to do a collaboration at the end of this series of all the liberty activists and radio announcers out there uh, doing their, uh, their testimonial of how liberty saved them from their disease of statism.
1: Excellent. And I will definitely be a part of that. So, hey, thanks for joining us, man. I'll hit you up a little bit later on. All right. Later, man. See you, buddy. That's it for the show, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you are listening live, thanks for tuning in. If you are not listening live, you can catch me on Liberty Movement Radio on Wednesdays and Fridays, I believe. And you can also catch me on Liberty Express Radio on the weekend show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Once again, get a friend, get informed, get involved, and love liberty and love freedom as I sit here and randomly search for my exit audio. It has been an absolute pleasure having you guys on. And an absolute pleasure for you having me in your life. So take care, everybody. Love, liberty, and freedom. And let's beat the global agenda. Take care.